This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of June 5th, 2023, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Think back for a second to the 2021 edition of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, which was hosted entirely in central Indiana and mostly in Indianapolis. One of the reasons we could do that was because we have a critical mass of major indoor sports facilities, ranging from 6,800 seats to nearly 70,000. And that's not by accident. Indianapolis made sports one of the focus points of its downtown economic development strategy as far back as the early 1970s. Apparently, civic leaders believe there is room for at least one more indoor sports palace, and it intersects with another one of downtown's evolving selling points, the campus of Urban University IUPUI. As we've discussed here on the podcast, IUPUI is in the midst of splitting into two separate campuses, one for Indiana University, one for Purdue University, with its Division I sports programs becoming part of what will be known as Indiana University Indianapolis. In the two-year state budget that they just approved, Indiana lawmakers allotted $89.5 million to design and build the mid-size sports facility that would be home for the IU Indianapolis indoor athletic programs. But the local leaders who pushed for the funding want the 5,000-seat arena to play host to a wide variety of events, serving the city's best interests as a magnet for tourism. Now, surprisingly, this was a relatively quiet development to come out of the General Assembly this spring, at least compared to the hot-button issues that legislators addressed. IBJ's Mickey Shuey has been tracking down the details and has an extensive report in the latest issue of IBJ. He also joins us for this week's podcast, and here he is. How's it going, Mick? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for making time. Uh, so, as I just explained, in the two-year budget that they just approved, state lawmakers allotted nearly $90 million to design and build this facility on the campus of what will be Indiana University, Indianapolis. Now, we covered the heck out of the legislative session this year. I don't remember hearing that a proposal like this was on the table, either before or during the 2023 legislative session. When did this allocation become common knowledge? When did it appear? So I think it's fair to say that it's it's not quite common knowledge yet, actually. <laughs> I, I do know that the Indiana Capital Chronicle did something small on it, but but really there's not a lot of information out there right now about this allocation because there's a lot in that budget. And this is one of those things that people just sometimes glance over as their eyes glaze over as they're reading through the budget. <laughs> so I'm embarrassed to say I have not been paying close attention to IEPOI athletics. Apparently, there have been discussions about building an indoor arena on the IEPOI campus, at least since the school's athletic programs joined the NCAA Division One in 2000. So where have the IUPUI indoor sports teams been playing all this time? So since 2014, the men's basketball team has been playing at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, and that's a roughly 6,800-seat uh, venue um, on the state fairgrounds property. Before that, they played at the 1,215-seat jungle facility on campus. It's uh, on the ground floor of the IU Natatorium. That's where the women's and the women's basketball team and the volleyball team still play. And so IU men's basketball moved over to the Fairgrounds Coliseum back in 2014 because they were 
kind of hoping to to bring more people in. That that didn't happen so much, but still, uh, the jungle is a pretty cramped environment. Uh, it's a pretty raucous environment, really, for women's basketball and volleyball. If you just get a few hundred people in there, it's pretty close quarters. So mm. yeah, and the auditorium is right squarely on the IAPOI campus and multi-use facility, uh, as you might imagine, diving, swimming mostly. But then I guess they made room for for court sports, <laughs> if you will, like volleyball and, and basketball. And the Coliseum is up on 38th Street. Right. Uh at the at the fairgrounds. So and and this this is completely on my part anecdotal, but I do recall the fairgrounds is on my way home. And it's interesting whenever there's some sort of major uh, sports event going on at the Coliseum because all of the buses that would carry the players get on Fall Creek Boulevard, <laughs> or excuse me, Fall Creek Parkway, and uh, it, it, it it it's it's a mess. And I, I'm sure that they would much rather be able to do that kind of stuff downtown. And and certainly, I mean, IU and and we'll get into this, I'm sure, but but IU PUI is not the only team that's playing at at uh, the Coliseum. I mean. The past few years, the Fever played there while Gainbridge Fieldhouse was being renovated, and the Indy Fuel uh, have played there uh, since 2014, just like the uh, the men's basketball team for IUPUI. So yeah, and there was it's, like, it's a like a, place. I'm sorry, there was like there was a major renovation to make that facility more sports friendly, like locker rooms. Uh, I'm assuming sight lines, seat renovations, stuff like that. Yeah, a brand new uh, ribbon board, scoreboard. I was put in, it was part of a $53 million renovation that was completed in uh, 2014, kind of ahead of uh, IEPUI and Indy Fuel coming in. Uh, it's the first renovation that the facilities had in, oh, 40, 50 years. And, and it really brought brought that venue to a, a new level and, and made it more comparable to, to your Hinkle Fieldhouse's, your... In, in many ways, Gainbridge Fieldhouse in terms of the the technology and the, the outfittings that it had. So discussions about having some kind of new facility for indoor sports have been going on for 20 years, and really nothing has happened. Why the renewed interest? So in 2019, there was a study focused on the, the city's sports strategy, including IUPUI's role in that strategy, um, which determined that a 3,000 to 5,000 seat arena or, or venue, perhaps, uh, could could result in, in a huge economic swell for Indianapolis, anywhere from $8.5 million to $23 million uh, in economic impact every year. So that really is what kind of sparked all of that. Okay, so 2019, and then apparently there was a significant movement from the legislature in helping fund a project like this in the 2021 Indiana General Assembly's budget writing session. Yeah, so I actually, in speaking with uh, Senator Ryan Mishler for this story, I learned that this project was actually greenlit during the 2021 session uh, as part of the budget. And at that time, it cost $77 million dollars. And that, that all followed lobbying efforts by the Hogson administration, uh, the Indiana Sports Corp, the NCAA, and even uh, Indiana Pacers vice chairman, Jim Morris. He's been very, uh, very vocal on wanting another venue to be on the IEPUI campus. That is super interesting to me because I think that, you know, and my, my simple mind thinks of uh, – you know, like the Pacers, for example, being competitors. <laughs> you know, why would they want there to be another 
sports facility downtown. I mean, they have obviously a, a, a giant stadium and then within the stadium, there are courts to play. And, and yet it sounds like we have civic leaders like the uh, and political leaders like the Hogs administration and the Indiana Sports Corp, which is really uh, intricately involved in the city's sports strategy, coming together to lobby for something like this. Yeah. So a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's a lot of Division Two and Division Three athletic competitions, specifically championships that the NCAA hosts, that there's really not a venue, for lack of a better term, small enough in Indianapolis to host those events, at least in a central downtown area like the NCAA likes to be in. So this would allow the NCAA to, to host those uh, Division Two, Division Three gymnastics and wrestling championships, fencing even, and, and even some smaller Division One sports as well. Uh, that that really aren't viewing Indianapolis as a spot because there's just no venue here that can accommodate them. Yeah, really something that just feels comfortable for something like that. Because obviously, a, a, a Gamebridge Fieldhouse, what, 18,000 seats? Probably, exactly. is full, I mean, and feels even bigger, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the, the recent redevelopment of, of the interior. Well, that's fascinating. So there there is a, a sector of the sports economy that we have not we have not served yet. Surprisingly uh, so. <laughs> yeah. So, and the other thing that I think that is interesting to point out and very, I think, uh, significant on, on this side is that the NCAA, which is headquartered in Indianapolis, is right next to the IUPUI campus. Yeah, depending <laughs> on how you look at it, it's either in the front yard or the backyard of the NCAA, and it's just a stone's throw away from, from where that front door is. Mm-hmm. So it seems very convenient. Yes. So that was greenlit in the 2021 budget session, but obviously something happened or something didn't happen as a case may be. So, so let's reset this a little bit. As part of that agreement, the sports corp and, and the, the legislature decided that in order for a project like this to move forward, which is $89.5 million, all cash, it's not bond paid, it's not paid for with bonds or anything like that that there would need to be a permanent tenant other than IUPUI or an IU-backed uh, venture to occupy the facility. Right. or so something not related to the academic institution. Correct, correct. And really there was kind of a breakdown there of, of not being able to secure a tenant for that space uh, during that time. That paired with the fact that interest rates were and still are on the rise, construction costs are going through the roof, that kind of uh, delayed that the project from getting off the ground during that during the last budget cycle. So it comes back in 2023. They have a revised construction figure. Uh, we assume sort of taking into account inflation and uh, and all the crazy stuff that's happening with supply chain and the, and the glut of construction projects everywhere. We end up with 90 million dollars, but they still want to have some other kind of independent tenant in the building besides IUI, Indiana University, Indianapolis, which is, which is fascinating to me. I, I just would sort of assume, uh, well, you know, it'd be fine just to have <laughs> just to have the, the college of sports in there. Right. So all of that remains still a little bit nebulous because Indiana Sports Corp, understandably, they, they're essentially in ongoing negotiations with, with would-be tenants, so they can't quite show their cards yet on, on who they're trying to attract. But, but the way my mind thinks of it is, uh, almost like another, like a USA Gymnastics or a a governing body of some kind, or or somebody that works in 
an adjacent industry that can make use of the facility on a regular basis is the kind that they're looking to attract. Okay, so we're and, not talking about like a Chick-fil-A no, <laughs> or a no, TCBY. No, no. I mean, this is a sports-related, a major some organization of some kind or a team. Correct. And and to be clear, the organizations that they're they're in conversations with, uh, last, week, last I heard, uh, they're talking to two different entities. Uh, neither of them have offices in Indiana right now. So these mm-hmm. would be brand new to Indiana, Bring some of that economic, de- some of those economic development dollars to the state uh, with new jobs, um, and also be uh, co-tenants in this facility alongside IUPUI, future IUND. But this cannot move forward until they have a tenant. Correct. That is uh, kind of the line in the sand, if you will, uh, for uh, Senator Ryan Mishler and the Senate Appropriations Committee to, to make sure that there's another user aside from IU Indianapolis. So, again, the kinds of events that we would see in there, um, obviously, the value Indianapolis, volleyball, basketball. Um, it's been a long time since I've been in college, so I forget what all, all they play. But then the other kinds of events would be what? Like outside of the academic sphere? Well, I, I think it's also worth noting within the academic sphere that there's also events like potentially like graduations or convocations big university events that could be held there. You could even have school fundraisers there. So there, there's a lot more than just the uh, intercollegiate athletics that happens on campus that could utilize that building. But beyond that, there are things like regional gymnastics championships. There's esports competitions. Like when the NCAA is in town for the Final Four, uh, you can have practices going on there. Uh, for those participating teams, uh, media availabilities for those teams. There's a lot of utilization for those uh, for for a space like that, that 3,000 to 5,000 seat venue uh, that, that again, Indianapolis is kind of lacking right now, for lack of a better term, because there's not one within proximity to downtown. When you said fundraisers, I just flashed back uh, for a second to Hinkle Fieldhouse. Where uh, I know, for example, I mean, part of the field house during uh, basketball games really is used for like alumni relations, you know, for VIPs and, and getting folks together. So I would assume that a facility like this also would have uses like that. Absolutely. And and it should not be lost that Hinkle Fieldhouse is it, it's slightly bigger than what this facility would be. And there's so much history there. But but what? What the Sports Corp and, and the city are trying to tap into is that proximity to other venues within the downtown area. Hinkle is a great venue. I've been there. I had the opportunity to experience games at the Fieldhouse during the March Madness uh, in 2021, and it was an excellent way to experience the games. But but what the city is looking for is kind of having that, that kind of campus feel, that downtown feel for a new venue. So here's a question where everybody's been asking while we talk about this other stuff. So where's it going to be? The venue is going to be on a seven-acre plot of land between the Heron School of Art and Design and the NCAA and National Federation of High School Sports Administration's headquarters campus. Uh, it's right next to Mount, just west of Military Park uh, and and uh, also next to a couple parking garages on the IEPUI campus. And this is currently is just vacant. It's just grass, I assume. Correct. It's it's completely empty, a grass area. Uh, and, and part of that site would remain grass uh, with potential for future development down the line. And that's, that's still uh, ill-defined at this point, what that could become. 
Is $90 million enough for this project? Did they allocate enough money to build or what they think it's going to cost? Or would there be even more fundraising involved? State officials seem confident that that's going to be enough. Um, certainly with the way uh, things are shaking out in the construction industry, that's certainly a valid question. Uh, and I think we'll, uh, we'll probably have a better sense of that as we get closer to, um, to a construction timeline, which isn't even in the realm of discussion at this point because they're still trying to nail down a, uh, a tenant and, and then the, the timeline for when they would actually begin work. But, but certainly 89 million at the very least would cover a large chunk of that. And they would probably have to just go from there and figure out uh, how to do fundraising or, or maybe even return to the legislature and ask for more, just like they did after the 2021 budget session. Do we have a sense of, of who would own the facility? We don't know that quite yet, but again, it seems like it's going to be along the same lines as the IU Natatorium, which is, uh, I believe, city-owned, uh, but it's operated by IEPUI on a regular basis. Uh, certainly, IEPUI would be the the day-to-day operator for the facility, and they would work with any other users uh, to kind of coordinate schedules and things like that. One of the really interesting things about your story is that apparently the folks at IEPUI uh, are not commenting on this project. Did, it, did I read that correctly? They're not, but at the same time, there there's a lot of change happening at IEPUI right now. Just today, as we're reporting this uh, podcast, we we learned that Luke Basso, uh, former uh, member of the uh, the governor's staff, former member of the IADC staff, was just named um, as the uh, director of athletics for IEPUI. So. So they're still going through a lot of changes right now. They have yet to announce their their full restructuring plan. So while they, they're not commenting yet, hopefully we'll learn more about kind of the overall vision for IU Indianapolis uh, here in the coming weeks. Okay, let's take a quick break so we can hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ Podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm, with more than 800 attorneys in eight primary Midwest markets and the District of Columbia, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com. All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ Podcast and Mickey Shuey's report on a $90 million arena planned for the IUPUI campus downtown. We were uh, talking about the uh, the Jaguars, by the way. The Jaguars are the uh, the mascot yep. of, the, of the IUPUI teams. When they moved to the Coliseum, I think, yeah, they were hoping uh, to increase attendance basketball games, but they averaged, I think, just over like the last 100 or so games, about 1,000 per game. Is there any sort of sense that being on a campus would be helpful? Potentially. I, I think it's it's still early to say because they they drew about the same crowds when they were, when, when they were playing in the jungle. Uh, but certainly uh, a sparkly new arena will, will probably uh, raise the eyebrows of, of enough people to at least get get that venue pretty full in the first year or two. It's really what happens after that. Are they going to be able to build that program up in a way that that people are going to want to come watch? I mean, they've they've had 
let's be fair here, uh, or frank here, they've they've had about 10 or 11 losing seasons in a row after a 10-year spate of going without a losing record. And and during that time, they were they were quite successful under Ron Hunter. And he really advocated for that program to grow. And when he was coach uh, until 2010, there just was not a lot of investment made. So uh, from, from the experts I've talked to, it's really going to be, what do they pair this with? How do they use this as a tool in recruiting and, and engaging with potential student athletes, not just in men's basketball, but in women's basketball, in volleyball, in, in all of their athletic programs where this is viewed as an asset that will make them want to come to Indianapolis and spend their collegiate careers here. Oh, for like recruiting. Yeah, that would make sense. I, I would assume, you know, if you're visiting a campus, <laughs> the first thing you want to do is see where you're going to play. Right. And uh, and for and for basketball at least, uh, I mean, you would need to you know take a 10, 15 minute ride up to the fairgrounds to, to see your see your arena, which is a nice arena, but you know it's not like rolling out of bed um, like they can, for example, at Purdue, uh, walking five blocks and being right at Mackey. Right, right. I mean, it's it certainly is is a challenge for a school to to not have an arena on their campus at least not directly on their campus. I, I know a few that, that have a similar setup, but but the thing is a lot of programs that have that set up and even ones who who do have college campuses with arenas on them, they're continuing to invest in their programs. Again, not just men's basketball, but all of them. And so far, IUPUI has not really made athletics a priority. It's really been about the research, about building those academic programs, which makes sense. It's a young campus. It's 45, 50 years old. So it still has a ways to go before it gets to the, the pedigree, perhaps, of Purdue or IU. But there's a lot that will need to be done in order to build the athletic program to be something that everybody wants to come watch, to make it the hottest ticket in town. Yeah. And, you know, so much of what we've reported, you know, on, on the collegiate level, uh, you know, for all the major colleges and universities, Indiana is their role in being workforce ready. Their role, you're right, as you say, in research, in tech, in ag biosciences, that really it seems to me has been the focus of the university system in Indiana. Um, now, obviously, when you're on a big campus like in Bloomington or in Lafayette, you have a massive a uh, set of donors that can help you with that kind of stuff. But for, I can see where for IDPUI, it, it would be a challenge when you are really being asked as a as an urban university to help get students work ready. Yeah, I mean, and certainly the, the split seems like it's trying to address kind of having your cake and eat it too. How might all this affect the Coliseum? You mentioned, for example, the Indy Fuel, which is one of the minor league hockey teams. They're moving up to Fishers in a purpose-built facility uh, just for them. It, the Jaguars uh, decamp and come back downtown for their games. You know, it certainly isn't like the Coliseum doesn't have something to do. I mean, <laughs> the State Fairgrounds is a hopping place most of the year. But do you have any kind of sense of, uh, I mean, how that might affect just the Coliseum? So so in talking with the State Fair Commission, they, they're they very supportive of these teams, both the uh, both IEPY and of uh, the fuel uh, having their own facilities, they they've said we loved having them, but but we've got a lot of our own stuff going on. Uh, only about twenty to twenty five percent of 
the events that happen on the uh, within the Coliseum are related to IPUI or the fuel. They they generate tens of millions of dollars in economic impact every year for events outside of those activities. Um, they have the Meekums car auction every year. They they're a big player in the the state fair every year, of course. And they host concerts and other events. So they seem like they're they're going to be just fine from the way they tell it. So what is the, the next big thing we need to look out for? Is it the signing of a tenant? I, I would say the signing of a tenant would be big, um, and, and also understanding what the 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 construction timeline might look like for this building. What then is the earliest construction could start? Earliest it could start theoretically is 2024, mid-2024, but it's looking more likely that 2025 is, is going to be when, uh, when work actually gets underway on this. Okay, great. Well, let's revisit this maybe in a year or so. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> that sounds kind of pessimistic, doesn't it? <laughs> in a year. Or it could be in a couple of weeks. We don't know. My thanks again to Mickey Shuey. You can read more about the Arena Project on the front page of the latest issue of IBJ or online at ibj.com. And there are a couple more stories I want to bring to your attention from this week's issue. Dave Lindquist has the latest details on the redevelopment of the Studs campus downtown, where a dozen new tenants are setting up shop on the first floor. Under new owner Samara Road, the complex is adding dining, shopping, and personal fitness options. And Daniel Bradley reports on plans for the Hamilton County 4-H Fairgrounds, which is about to undergo a $65 million three-phase expansion project. Again, you can find these stories in the latest issue of IBJ or at IBJ.com. I will say that it is easier to access all of the latest local news about business and politics and all of IBJ's data on Central Indiana's business community and economy if you are a subscriber. And you may not know it. We have wrapped all of IBJ's content together now with all of the stories, columns, and podcasts from our sister publication, Inside Indiana Business. And that works out to about $3 per week for actionable information about every notable business development across the state. You won't find Indiana's story told with this kind of breadth and depth anywhere else. Just go to ibj.com and click on the subscribe button. And thank you for making time this week for the IBJ Podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week. <laughs>